From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is the Big Story Podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress and the federal government shape the real world. Last night, Alabama's special Senate election shaped the real world politics that we're going to be looking at in this episode of the Big Story Podcast. Joining me from the Birmingham airport down in Alabama is our senior political reporter, Bridget Bowman. Bridget, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we could uh, we could almost call last night uh, Bridget's Doug Jones diary, uh, correct? <laughs> um, take us take us a little bit into you know what this sort of roller coaster the co- first couple of hours of the returns, and then it became you know pretty obvious that it was heading Jones away. But it, what was it like those first couple of hours when we we saw all these lead shifts and so forth? Sure. So I sort of throughout the night, so the folks were able to come into Jones's election night party right after the polls closed. And I was kind of talking to, to people who voted for him, to his supporters, and was sort of watching on my phone as the results were coming in. And people were watching outside the ballroom where there's a bunch of food on a TV. Some people were watching inside the ballroom. Uh, and it started to get really close. So then I sort of went back to my computer and we saw that AP had called it. It just seemed to happen really fast. Um, all of a sudden, Jones slightly was ahead, and then AP called the race. At that time, CNN, that which was playing in the party, uh, had not called it yet. So there was like a, a minute or two between when we knew the race was called, and then all of a sudden when CNN, and people start were really packing into the room at that point. We're starting to cheer. We're really sensing a win. Um, and when CNN called it, the room just erupted in cheers. And everyone had their phones out trying to, you know, capture this moment. And it was really just a, a historic night here in Alabama. So one of the things I noticed from uh, our, our colleague Bill Clark's photographs from from the uh, mm-hmm. ballroom was that the crowd was not just a big one, but also a pretty diverse one. And that was, seemed to be key to the way that he, that Jones was able to win, was increasing turnout uh, in, in, in places like Birmingham and Montgomery that had higher African-American populations and, and student populations. what Did you talk, get to talk to some of those voters? Yes. Um, so, like you said, there was the Jones coalition that he brought together to be able to win this was very diverse, as you mentioned, that African-American turnout was key. Um, some African-American voters that we talked to, so we went to the Jefferson County Courthouse in Birmingham, which was a couple blocks away from the party. Uh, it was acting as a polling place. And voters I was talking to there, uh, particularly African-American voters, were pointing out that they believe Jones could be, was the more inclusive candidate, that Roy Moore uh, was divisive, would not represent all Alabamians, particularly Alabamians of color. Um, and the word that often came up when I asked about why you were voting for Jones was fair. Uh, they believe that he would be a fair senator. A couple of people brought up his record as a prosecutor in um, prosecuting the case of the 1963 bombing in the 16th, 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham um, as a record of sort of defending what they said of being on the right side of history. Uh, so that was sort of all of the different I got sort of a wide array of responses, but those are sort of the general themes from some of these voters that I talked to. And I mean, the the symbolism of the Victory Party taking place in Birmingham and such a big 
mm-hmm. um, turnout in Birmingham can't—it almost can't be overstated. I mean, the there's a civil rights institute there and and museum, as you said, the 16th Street Baptist Church is right across the street from that. The mm-hmm. center in the in in the center of Birmingham is this park that has statues that commemorate some of the the the, the really pa- some painful episodes in Birmingham's history with water cannons and dogs being sicked on on uh, African American people protesting mm-hmm. you know for their rights. So this this seems to be like a, a, a side of Alabama that uh, I mean doesn't quite make its way into some of the more popular conceits of what Alabama looks like. I mean, it's it's a place that is this diverse and is also like, as I said, the sort of a symbol of the civil rights era. Right. And actually that courthouse that we are at that was serving as a polling location, uh, there was a placard nearby that in the civil rights area, people marched there to try and register African-American voters. And so like you said, it's a place that was rife with history and something that I heard a lot from voters, not just African-American voters, but even Republicans who are supporting Doug Jones or writing someone in was that they really were concerned about the reputation of Alabama and they wanted to show the country and the world, really, there were international reporters down here too, a different side of Alabama, as they put it, and that Alabama that is inclusive and is sort of moving on from what they saw as a dark period in its history. And they were helped out in this messaging, too, by Richard Shelby, who is the senior senator from Alabama. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. made some of those arguments himself uh, in, in saying that he was not going to vote for more and that Alabama was a, was a different place than was being almost kind of caricatured in, in some, sometimes when this race was, was being written about. Yes. I, I talked to a Democratic pollster uh, on Sunday. I'm trying to keep the days track. It's been a kind of wild few days right after Shelby went on TV and reiterated, I'm not voting for more. I'm writing someone in. And he, he thought that was huge. He thought that that was a big moment, especially essentially giving permission to Republicans in the state saying it's okay not to support Roy Moore because the argument being furthered by president Trump and other, some other Republicans was that, you know, you might not like Roy Moore, but we need a Republican seat here. And Shelby going out there, he doesn't appear on national television Sunday shows very often, so it seemed very intentional that he would go up and say, this is what I did, and essentially giving people permission to say, you don't have to do this for the party, do it for Alabama, do show, show the world that we can, we will reject what Moore stands for, and especially following these allegations against Moore of sexual misconduct. So we're already starting to see some reverberations on Capitol Hill. Uh, Democrats are, are calling on on Mitch McConnell to not have it hold any more votes, particularly on the tax package until Jones is sworn in. This may take a little while. On mm-hmm. on the political level, on the electoral level, which is your, you know, sort of your your, your slice of the pie right here, uh, is are you hearing? I mean, are people? thinking this is just sort of, this is such an anomaly because of the unique circumstances with the allegations against Moore, Steve Bannon's involvement, I mean, just the, the, the money that was spent on behalf of Jones as a, and the money that he raised as opposed to Moore. Is this an anomaly or is this something that, say, Democrats and Republicans are saying we may need to rethink how we run races, particularly in the South? So I think it's both. I think it's Certainly worth noting the unique factors of this race more as a uniquely vulnerable candidate. He was vulnerable even for, before these allegations came out because of a bunch of Republicans who didn't didn't like him, um, couldn't support him. Um, I was talk- actually talking to a bunch of Jones supporters about this last night, like what can Democrats in the South in red areas 
take away from this race. And they were saying, like, candidates matter, organizing matters, that those are things that Jones did well, that he talked about the issues um, as well. And I sort of brought that up, like, but what do you say to someone who says, you know, we're not going to be running against a candidate like Roy Moore in every single one of these Republican areas? And the common response was, you know, that doesn't, that's not everything, like, that's true, but there's more that Democrats can do to try and appeal to Republican voters. Uh, one young man that I talked to said that the Republican Party is tied to President Trump, and, and you can use that going into 2018. So it'll be interesting to see how Democrats, what what the National Party takes away from this race, especially looking in, trying to flip some of these Senate seats in red states uh, and House districts as well that are traditionally Republican. Well, it's not even 2018, uh, but <laughs> but we've, 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 it's almost like we've been through a midterm year, and now we've got a midterm year in front of us. Bridget, I know you need to catch a, a plane. Uh, thank you so much for, for talking to us on the Big Story podcast, and uh, we look forward to you getting back to Washington and, and, uh, and getting some rest. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for the Big Story podcast. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. For more on this and other stories from The Road and also how this is going to affect Capitol Hill, visit us at RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. Call.